Welcome to the Waking Up to Autism podcast. I'm your host, Claire Cross, and I am thrilled to embark on this journey of understanding, compassion and growth with all of you. Having discovered that the journey of raising autistic children is both uniquely challenging and remarkably rewarding, I have come to realise that being autistic is not just a difference. It's a celebration of the beautifully intricate human mind. So join me as we shine a light on the untold stories, the stories that go beyond stereotypes and showcase the limitless potential of neurodiverse individuals. Through our discussions, we'll not only raise awareness, but also foster a community that values inclusion, empathy, and the beauty of different perspectives. So whether you're a parent on a similar journey, an educator looking to make a difference, or simply someone who wants to better understand, then this podcast is for you. Let's explore, learn and grow together as we awaken to the infinite possibilities that autism brings into our lives. Because in embracing our difference, we discover our truest selves. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to a really special one-off episode, um, podcast episode specifically created to go alongside our free online quiz that we have created, which is all about finding out what type of educator you are. So I'm really hoping that because you are listening to this episode, you have taken the quiz and that you have received the type of educator you are and your results have come through into your inbox. And you've had the opportunity just to read a little bit about um, what it means for the type of educator that you've come out as. Um, and yeah, I wonder if it's resonating for you. I wonder if the results are what you expected um, or maybe it's been a bit of a surprise. One of the things I would really like to sort of start off saying is the results that you get can change. Um, I think with anything in life, especially with a job or something that we've been doing for a long period of time, you may have a result that has actually been a bit of an awakening. Perhaps when you first set out on your journey into education, you did it with an intention of being a certain type of educator. And perhaps over time, you have changed paths, things have maybe transpired a bit differently to how you thought, because we are, as human beings, so greatly affected by the environment that we are in, by the input of other people, and especially when you're working in a job whereby there's so many things that are not within your control, uh, but they still have such a massive impact on your everyday life. It's really easy to see how we can get knocked off course sometimes. And perhaps you might be sitting there listening to this podcast and you're in education and perhaps you are feeling a little bit out of alignment with it. You know, perhaps the the love or the inspiration or the desire or the drive that you had initially isn't quite the same for you today. And, you know, things do evolve and perhaps they've evolved for the better. Or perhaps you're sitting there thinking, actually, you know what, I've allowed the negativity or 
the difficulties and the challenges that we face within our education system to really impact on me, to really impact on how I'm showing up each day, to impact how I'm approaching things. Um, and I've allowed myself to kind of get sucked into maybe other people's narrative, um, maybe how other people are viewing things. Um, and that's really kind of affected you. So it's just a really interesting little thing, I think, to just take a moment to stop and reflect, to think about how we are showing up, to think about what type of educator we are currently being at the moment, and to question ourselves and to, you know, kind of share this invitation with you to take a moment to think, am I happy with the educator that I am? You know, is it you know, authentic to how I feel I would like education to be? Is it in alignment with my vision and my mission of, you know, moving forward from this place? Or do I need to sort of take a moment to think about what's happened over the last few years, which has been extremely challenging for people working within the education system? And do I need to get myself back on course? Do I need to sort of change the way that I am approaching things and showing up? And so perhaps this might be the start of a really impactful journey for you that by realizing where you are right now and identifying perhaps changes that you wish to make, revisiting this quiz in maybe six, nine, 12 months time and seeing if you get a very different result. So, yeah, really interesting, um, potentially sort of thoughts, conversations and concepts may come from this. So what I would really love to do is take the opportunity within this podcast episode to just dive a bit deeper into the four different education types and look at them specifically with regards to how that impacts on students within your setting who do present with special educational needs, who are neurodivergent, autistic, etc., and really look at the unique gifts and approaches that the different types bring, where there may be some additional challenges from different types um, and how you can maybe question those, look at those, reflect on those um, and ensure that we're just harnessing who we are to serve each other and to work in as much harmony um, as possible um, to get some really great results with the, the, the wonderful work that you guys are doing. Um, so let's let's just get into it. Let's start looking at the four different types. So let's start with the idealist. So for all of you that got the result idealist, this is for you. Let's have a little look at what that actually means, how that shows up for children with them, um, and how we can best move forward while being that type. So the idealist educator, you are like just magical the idealist has a real profound sense of purpose and a really deep set belief in the transformative power of education like they are not here for the money they are not here because it it's a good work-life balance or any other reasons why people might go into a certain job they are here because they have a really deep rooted connection desire and drive to want to teach, impart knowledge, share knowledge, and to grow themselves. So they are a fantastically dynamic and well-rounded um, type of educator. Um, and they value education from all different places, not just, you know, the mathematical, English, science, geographic, you know, different subjects that we get within our education settings. They want to go far 
more reaching than that and they really love to actually get to know a person to understand what makes that person tick and they thrive off of listening to other people's passions um and there's nothing that kind of sparks an an idealistic educator more than being able to identify uh, a student's like unique talents and possibilities and helping them to have that light bulb moment of where they could really just reach really full potential. So they are really passionate educators and they just have an absolute love for learning. So being around an idealistic educator is is great for other people. So they are often really well thought of by their peers. Um, Their peers often find them quite inspirational. Um, They love the energy of being around them. It's it, it kind of encourages other educators within that setting to strive for that as well. Um, so they are an incredible asset to any sort of setting that they they work in. And the great thing about an idealist um, educator is that they're not just focused on their particular arena. They're not just looking at things that can be changed and made better and to share and to grow and to develop um, within their classroom. They also kind of want to just create really good, impactful change within society. So they're real change makers um, and they are going to be sort of front centre when it comes to wanting to bring people together. So, like I say, really infectious energy. They really value difference. Um, and so kind of coming and looping this into how they are with children with SEN within their setting, they are incredible. They really value um, people's different perspectives. They really value inclusivity and diversity. And they get just as excited about supporting those those um, people within their, their setting as much as they get excited about what value they will get personally from supporting people who are neurodivergent, autistic or have SEN. They really love to step into autistic people's shoes and try to view the world through their eyes to add richness to their own growth. Um, which is amazing. They don't shy away from that. They're not scared to kind of like get in, to sit down, to be maybe uncomfortable, to maybe push their comfort zone and to have conversations with people that maybe they don't usually have um, because their curiosity and their desire to learn from different people is so much bigger than any maybe um, hesitation or apprehension they may feel. So they are that they they create an incredible energy and what's really important is that the children within their settings who may have sen instantly feel that so they instantly can get that connection with an idealist educator that they are accepted and that they are being embraced and so they get off on a really good foot there's a really good foundation that's set there from day one and the pressure to be a certain way isn't felt by children with SEN when they have an idealistic educator because they know that actually there's this really genuine, like authentic desire to get to know them as a person and that their difference and uniqueness is just kind of embraced and wanted. So it's a really lovely place to be. The flip side of an idealist educator can be that they can get really quite excited about seeing potential in people, which is amazing. But sometimes, and especially with maybe autistic students in their setting who 
have potential but don't have a desire to pursue that can sometimes make an idealistic educator feel quite frustrated because an idealist educator just wants to help everybody reach that potential to go after that dream after that goal to really thrive in all areas and sometimes either the other person doesn't want to go there or is not ready to go there and so therefore if you're an idealist educator it's just being mindful that people are on their own path they're doing things in their own way and they have their their sort of um you know time frame or they need to have other things maybe in place before they feel able to do that so just being aware that sometimes you might just have to calm yourself down or maybe just take a step back and hold space for them to develop in their own time rather than trying to push too much just because of your pure excitement and passion and wanting for them to 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 do that um, can sometimes cloud being aware of other people's um, needs and time frames as well So, you know, when it comes to SEND training and embracing autistic students, an idealist educator, as you can already tell, is phenomenal. You are an incredible group of people and um, are absolutely what's needed within our education settings to really help um, autistic children to just thrive. So when we're looking at our online um, educator course, the Embracing Autistic Students course, we have a, a community Um, element that runs alongside it so in that community space you would really see an idealist educator showing up really confidently and with great enthusiasm like this community space is like your idea of heaven Um, you know bringing different educators together sharing um, best practice sharing you know things that have that you've tried that have worked that haven't worked reflecting on it growing together um, supporting each other that is like the ideal place for an idealist educator to be so in that community space I'm really excited to see the idealist educators um, within it because you're going to be so integral to creating that atmosphere creating that environment and making people feel really seen um, some of the other types who are not as front and center as an idealist educator but have just as much passion and wealth of knowledge to bring to the party will feel really held and supported by the idealist educator to kind of come out of their shell um, and feel safe and held in order to do that so the idealist um, educator is going to be such a powerful and meaningful addition to our community space in the online course if the online course is something that you're looking to come to do it would be yeah really looking forward to seeing you in that arena so type number two the practitioner so the practitioner um type is very grounded so I love the practitioner type for that reason they are very stable secure and grounded in their approach when it comes to teaching they're very focused um and they are very driven at um the thought of equipping students with the skills and knowledge that they can then immediately take out into the real world. So they're very practical um, and that is at the core of their teaching philosophy. Um, They do often incorporate sort of real life examples and hand on activities and case studies into their lessons. And they very much focus on the how of education. They like the problem solving um, and they like collaboration. 
They see education as a means to prepare students for successful for, um, careers and productive lives, um, which obviously is, is fantastic and such a huge part of what our children are trying to get out of their educational journey. They are quite black and white in their concept. So there can be that thought of, okay, school is for educating. We're here to equip you for life. Could be quite um, regimental in their approach. They have a very direct um, view when it comes to education. Um, and that can really serve well for children who are autistic, who also have that black and white thought process. So if it's in alignment with the practitioner educator, it can work really, really well. What might come as a bit of a challenge for a practitioner educator when it's coming to supporting autistic children is if there is a misalignment in their agenda and their intentions when it comes to education. So there could be a little bit of butting of heads um, and a bit of flexibility may be needed more from the educationers um, point of view when it comes to embracing autistic students if they do have a black and white thought process that isn't in alignment with yours how can you ensure that you are supportive of how they are needing you to show up um, but yeah the groundedness of a practitioner is really really um, beautiful when it comes to embracing SEND children, because quite often with SEND children and autistic children, there can be anxiety um, that is often felt alongside. And so having a teacher, an educator that is supporting them, who's very grounded in their practice can be real, um, can give them a real sense of stability. Um, and they know where they are. They know what's expected of them. You can be very clear and concise with the way that you present things and that can be a great asset to have when you're supporting children with SEN. Um, on the flip side of that when it does come to autistic children as I have already said you can sometimes be a little bit blinkered so it's just about allowing yourself to see things from other people's point of view still being integral to and have an integrity to the way in which you like to show up and educate in the um, being very grounded and focused and having that system in place, but allowing yourself to take that model and apply it to other people's needs and wants. So where can you maybe create some flexibility or creativity um, around your teaching style? Um, sometimes with the practitioner, because you can be very practical and it's about, right, what does somebody need in life to be able to go out right now? get a job, pay their bills, be a, you know, uh, a contributing member of society, which of course is all very important attributes um, and things that are needed. But sometimes that can stop the practitioner educator from dreaming big. Like sometimes it's like, right, we don't want our heads in the cloud. We need to be on the, um, we need to be feet firmly on the ground. What is it that we need in order to actually survive today? That can stop you from thinking bigger and can sometimes stop you from creating space to allow your students to think bigger or to have bigger dreams um, and to allow them to get curious and wonder, oh, what if, or but if I did it some other way, you know, um, and allowing that to be there, not being scared to loosen that rein that you do have with the structure and the groundedness to allow some more creativity, some more dream big conversations to come into play um, as well.
So with regards to the online course that we are creating with our community space, um, a practitioner is going to be um, an incredible asset to that community space because they will challenge um, approaches for different learners. So when there are people within that community who are struggling to kind of make sense of a situation or struggling to know how to progress or move forward the practitioner educators within the community setting on our online course are going to be amazing at sharing their skills on groundedness sharing their experience on being able to see things clearly in a more logical and structured way which is going to be amazing for some of the other type of educators who perhaps that isn't their strength um and you're really going to lend your assets in that way completely. Um, what you're also going to really gain from being in the community space as a practitioner educator is being in there alongside other types who perhaps are more set up throughout through their their particular type of being able to hold space for the more dream big conversations. And I think practitioners um, are going to really gain insight from other educators on how to do that and to be encouraged to do that and to feel confident that by doing that they're not like letting go of their root core of what a practitioner educator is and having that structure and groundedness and that the two can coincide really quite nicely so there's going to be a really great exchange of skills and experiences within that um, within that space which will be so exciting to see so the third type that we're going to talk about is the rationalist educator. So the rationalist educator is deeply, 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 deeply committed to the pursuit of knowledge and intellectual um, rigor. So the rationalist educator, I would say, out of all four of the types is the most kind of classic old school educator who is very much of the thought process that people go to school to learn intellectual um, subjects, conversations. It's all about increasing our intellectual academic knowledge. Um, so they're highly academic and they strive for their students to reach their potential academically and to them that is a direct sign of them doing a good job if their their students are able to achieve well academically sort of you know with their day-to-day -day work with examinations um, with their understanding and their ability to then apply that um, in other areas so their teaching approach is very scholarly um, it's they value critical analysis and they're very evidence based with their reasoning and they're very logical in their thinking. Um, they really do emphasize the importance of understanding complex concepts and theories and they encourage students to engage in deep analytical thought. Um, they are very, very committed to teaching students how to think rather than what to think. And I and that to me is a really great asset for the rationalist educator, um, that they want to encourage students not to be a puppet, but to be able to take the information that they're teaching, make sense of it, and then hear how they're thinking of things and how they're applying things rather than them just being a, a parrot. Um, because they really do um, encourage independent thought. 
they will often challenge students um, to question assumptions and they will seek out multiple perspectives. So they are not a teacher that is just there to turn up, read the book, tick the box and go home. They will question and push and challenge. Now, this is wonderful when the student who is on the receiving end of this thrives in that type of environment. One of the things that rationalists may come up against with children who are um, autistic or have got special educational needs is that approach can sometimes cause those types of children to shut down um, because having that demand to answer or being pushed or questioned um, in a quite a direct way, especially in front of other people, in front of their peers, can actually make them close up. And so a rationalist educator potentially will not get the best out of a SEND student or a child that's autistic because of those reasons. So it's just being aware of that and kind of knowing your audience of when to question, how to question and how much to push um, and challenge. Um, they really do like to structure their lessons to facilitate intellectual exploration and they incorporate debates, discussions um, and research products to enhance analytical skills. So again, very, very academic in their approach, which can sometimes trip them up when it comes to supporting children with SEN, whereby their skills um, and, you know, unique approach may not fit in with debates and discussions. Um, rationalist educators are highly, um, highly knowledgeable and as a result they demand that intellectual response from their students. So they can be quite demanding from that point of view. They have very, very high standards. They will also see the results of their students as a direct result of them as a teacher. And so if their students are not performing in a certain way or to a certain level, they can take that as a very, very personal um, reflection on their ability. So there can be quite a lot of anxiety surrounding the, the need to be reaching certain levels, getting certain results and having a certain experience. Um, they do have a real quest for truth and understanding and they view themselves as guides in the pursuit of knowledge, helping students develop critical thinking skills and extend beyond the classroom. So success in their view is measured by a student's ability to analyze complex issues, engage in meaningful debates um, and contribute to the advancement of knowledge. So I would say that out of the four types of educator, if you have come out as a rationalist educator, you have such an incredible presence in the school setting. You are incredibly intelligent. You have incredibly high expectations and you want to challenge and push your students to reach those levels. And all of those are fantastic things to, 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 to have as an educator. Um, the flip side of that, as I say, when we are looking specifically at children with SEN and autistic children within your, in your classroom, within your setting, it's just inviting you to think about how you can take those incredible assets that you have for striving to reach potential and adapt them to meet the audience that is in front of you. And how can you do that without looking at it as a, a bad thing or looking at it as you, you're having to change the way that you are presenting something because they're not getting your style, they're not fitting in with you. It's not a direct 
um, reflection of your ability. It's just the fact that their needs are different and they are just requiring you to change that in order for them to be able to come and meet you halfway. Um, I think that would be a really impactful thing for the rationalist educators to kind of um, seek out and look into. Um, so, yes, the other thing that a rationalist educator may overlook slightly because there is such a huge emphasis on academic ability and and that kind of analytical thinking, debating, um, reading, absorbing information, um, all of those things. Sometimes for students in a rationalist educator setting who are more creative in nature can feel quite frustrated because sometimes creative subjects and life skills can be overlooked. So again, an invitation to you if you're a rationalist educator, are you incorporating creativity sorry, um, and life skills and other ways of processing information and accessing academic skills other than the, the debating, the analytical thinking, um, the studying of reports and charts and all of those different things that you love, where could you expand on those other areas so that you are encompassing those students in your class who do fall into a criteria whereby they're much more visual learners, creative thinkers um, and need that side of things in order to be able to, to thrive. Um, in our online Embracing Autistic Students course and the community space in there, um, rationalist educators are going to bring a wealth of debate. Like we said, you love a debate. You love to, um, you don't want to tell people what to think. You want to see how they think. And you'd be really interested to gain those perspectives of other people. And you will challenge them. So that's going to be great because what we don't want our community space to be is one dimensional. We want it to be that there are different characters, different perspectives, different thought processes, different styles coming into that space. And ones that will not shy away from challenging that um, and getting up a really good conversation. So you're going to be, yeah, um, a, a real asset from that point of view within the um, online community with our Embracing Autistic Students course. I think what you will get from the course is that you will have the opportunity to explore possibilities for different learning options. You know, I think the um, especially from an idealist um, educator in that setting, you'll be able to see and witness the different things that maybe they're doing on a day to day basis, which are a bit more creative and a bit more flexible in their approach and the sort of the life skill element, which will hopefully kind of give you an insight and a little bit of inspiration of how you can incorporate that into your daily teaching. Because as I say, you're, you're, you're kind of more programmed um to be more analytical it is hard to see sometimes how to incorporate other ways of doing things and so you're going to get a really good view on how those that are doing things more creatively because that's more akin to who they are as a person and their educator type they're going to be really inspirational for you and be able to help you and to give you some um advice along the way on how to maybe do that just so that you can really enrich um the, the teaching style that you are bringing to the classroom so the fourth type, last but by no means least, we have the moderate educator type. So the moderator, I love the moderator. The moderator is all about harmony. Moderator educators, you value balance and harmony 
in your settings. It's what you strive for. And you really go above and beyond to adapt yourself and the setting to meet um, different people's needs. You're very nurturing. You know, it's very sort of maternal instincts um, that you're bringing to the old or paternal, um, that kind of parenting vibe, that wanting to nurture and protect and to make things like really good for everybody. It's a really important um, concept for you. Um, so you believe in integrating various educational philosophies and adapting your methods to meet diverse needs of your students. So obviously, when we're thinking about um, our uh, being inclusive and our students who are autistic and have SEN, you're incredible because you really will go out of your way. You're a bit of a people pleaser. You want everyone to be happy and you will really go above and beyond to try and create um, and change things to meet the needs of everybody. Um, you focus on creating a well-rounded educational experience, which encompasses both practical skills and theoretical knowledge, which is really great because you then a really um, well-rounded, um, embraceive um, environment in order to learn. You believe there's no single approach to education um, and you do draw from a variety of different teaching methods and philosophies and flexibility and, and inclusivity are two really big words that you hold dear when it comes to the learning environment. What I also love about the moderator educator is you really value the holistic education. So you don't just look at it as yourself standing there teaching a certain subject um, and that's all you are there to do. You're very aware and in tune with the fact that for a student to thrive and to make progress you have to look at it holistically and so you don't just want to focus on academic growth but also personal development character building and emotional intelligence um, so children within your care within your setting really do feel nurtured in that way and they feel seen in many ways not just about how they are from an academic point of view and as a student but actually as an individual person and that's a beautiful beautiful gift that you have um moderator educators are very um empathetic and very adaptable um and they really like i say take the time just to understand each student's learning style and preferences. And so when you've got SEND students in your class, you're really good at tuning into what their individual needs are and then taking the time to seek out supports in order to help them. Um, you really encourage collaboration and open dialogue. Um, and that's both in the classroom, but also with home. You really do value the relationship between school and home. And again, coming back to that holistic approach, you really believe that it takes everybody to be on the same page, that we're all working together, all with the best interests of the, the child that we're supporting. Um, one of the great things is as well is because you're very flexible um, and you have a lot of flexibility in your approach and you're very open, there's a very open and warm energy about you. So if a student is not responding well to a particular teaching style of yours or um, a parent has some feedback for you that perhaps they would like you to change the way that you're doing something or there's a bit of an issue, you don't have an ego you don't take that to heart you don't add meaning to that to make it mean that you're not a good teacher or they are questioning your ability you are very open to receiving that feedback and you welcome it because your desire above anything else 
is to ensure that the way that you're showing up and presenting and teaching and supporting these children is to the best that you can for them as an individual. And so you welcome that and you don't see it as a negative, um, which is really, really good. So you often form really good parent relationships as well. Um, and you pride yourself on that. And people will often remember you for a long, long time as being the educator that was um, just a really wonderful person to work alongside when their child was in your class. They felt like they could come to you. They didn't feel like your door was closed. They didn't feel like they couldn't um, say how they were feeling for fear of upsetting you or causing um, any problems. They knew that it would just lead to collaborative, um, supported you know, safe conversation. Um, so yeah, teaching for you is about finding that common ground between different educational perspectives. Um, and success in your view is achieved when students develop a broad range of skills and a balanced worldview that prepares them for a dynamic and diverse world. So you're wanting to prepare them for life rather than a certain job or a certain activity or a certain purpose, but you're wanting to create well-rounded students who then feel confident and self-assured to then be able to make those decisions as they evolve and grow up so on the flip side for the moderate educator because you are very adaptable and flexible which is amazing one of the things that might come up for you is that you may be very easily influenced by other people so you want harmony and balance. So you may be in the staff room or at a staff training session or just chatting to colleagues or, or whatever it might be. And there may be something that you don't agree with, but you won't necessarily speak up because you don't want to upset or deharmonize or cause any bad feeling um, and so sometimes you will not advocate for yourself as strongly as you should do and you have so much to bring to the table you are the kind of the more the people pleaser you want to keep the peace you just want to kind of ensure that everyone else is happy um, but sometimes what would really help many many people is for the moderate educator to actually use their voice in all of those sort of situations because you do have such a great aspect and viewpoint to share so you won't necessarily lead or you won't necessarily question people or challenge people so unlike the um the rationalist educator who will challenge you won't. And I think sometimes the moderator can feel quite intimidated by an rationalist educator because a rationalist educator will challenge you and that can make you feel a bit uneasy because you just want to keep that harmony and peace. So you won't want to get into a confrontational chat about it. So it's about being aware of the different types of educators within your setting and how to kind of best to navigate that as well and just realizing that it's not about them being rude or confrontational it's just their way they like to challenge lines of thought and debates and they get a lot out of it and they really will value your input so don't shy away from it have that belief in yourself and that strength um, to do it because you go out of your way to create harmony and great spaces for other people to meet their needs you really want to get to know them so allow yourself that same worth, allow yourself time to create space for you to value your needs and what you're needing in order to be able um, to do your job as well.
So in the online um, embracing autistic students course in the community space, I'm really excited actually to see moderate educators within that community space because you are going to have an array of wonderful um, tips and resources and supports that you can share with others because you go out of your way to seek these out so you will be the one that be like oh yeah I've had a child in my class that was like that and I researched the hell out of it and I've tried x y and z and this really worked well and we embrace it you are the one that's going to have that wealth of knowledge because you're the one that actually really goes out and tries to search all these things and make people's lives easier so the other educators in that setting are going to absolutely adore you because they're going to bring a problem to that community they're going to say right I've got this child in my class we're having these challenges I don't know what the hell to do you are going to be out of all four um, types going to be the one that will have all of those little aces up your sleeve and you're going to love sharing that because you're going to feel just such a sense of fulfillment in knowing that you're helping other educators to create inclusive spaces for children and because that's such um, an important thing for you it's going to bring real value to you and you're going to feel amazing being able to share that the other thing that I'm going to love about seeing the moderate educator in the community space is that it's going to be a safe area for you to practice showing up and using your voice more and leading and questioning people um whereas you know in real life face to face if there's a bit of a heated debate going on in the staff room you're the last one to maybe jump in and, and put your your view across um perhaps online in an online safe community space may be a really good first step to try and to explore that side of you and giving you permission and and like i say the access to do that um in a safe way um, and it will be a really good opportunity I think to practice to then take it out into real life into your setting um, yeah um, it's going to be it's going to be a really great element to that community for sure so that is a little bit about the four types of educators um, so I would be so interested to hear from you as to how that lands how if you feel the result that you've got is a true reflection of yourself or have you come out as a result and you're thinking actually I've come out as a rationalist I'm just plucking them out of thin air now but I feel like in like authentically and, and my intention originally was more of a moderate educator or an idealist educator that's more the kind of vibe and energy that I want to be in and so that's what I'm going to be striving to get back to um, or you have got a result that absolutely you know describes you to a T and you're excited to continue on that journey. And this has been a real opportunity for you to just look at how you're showing up each day as that type and how you can, you know, expand on it or how you can create a bit of flexibility or a, just have a look at a bit of a different perspective. You might like investigate a different perspective and, and not agree with it or it doesn't feel right. And you go back to how you are right now and that's okay. But I think what's really valuable is allowing ourselves the space and time just to explore and get a bit curious about who we are because otherwise we just are on this kind of conveyor not conveyor belt sort of treadmill groundhog dayness and it, we're so busy and juggling spinning so many things that we can get a little bit lost so if if it if it gives us that opportunity to just tap back into who we are 
question it, feel into it, look at it, challenge it. You rationalist educators out there will love this. Challenge yourself, you know, tap into asking yourself some things. Um, and yeah, it'll be amazing to hear your thoughts on this. So do either send me an email or DM on Instagram or Facebook and let me know your thoughts. I'll be so interested to hear your feedback. And yeah, for those of you that are interested in joining the Embracing Autistic Students online course, which obviously has the training, which is CPD accredited, five module um, uh, stuff on it, which is which is amazing. Just so many resources and an increase in knowledge that you can take into your classroom straight away when it comes to embracing autistic students. But alongside the online course, we have the live online community where we're bringing educators all across the country to come together to share, share best practice, ask questions, gain support, um, tapping into your own mental health and well-being as well. And to have those four different types of educators within that setting is just going to be amazing. And you're going to bring so much value to it, but you're also going to get so much value from it because you're going to be learning from very different types. Um, and like I say, we all bring something to that table. So if you're interested in the Embracing Autistic Students course as well, be sure to come over and let me know. Um, the course actually launches at the end of uh, October 2023. So if you're listening to this, to this before October 2023, you will be emailed when it's launched. If it's after October 2023, then do go over to our website. There'll be details on there on how you can you can read a bit more about it, about what it involves and to sign up. Or like I say, just drop me a DM. I'm always happy to hear from people. I love having conversations with you all. Um, and I'll be more than happy to answer any questions or send you over some more information. So there we go, guys. Um, yeah. I hope you found it interesting. Um, thank you so much for doing the quiz. Thank you so much for coming to hear a little bit more about it. And as I say, do come and share your thoughts because that's how we all learn and we all grow and we can really make some impactful changes. All right, guys, take care. Bye-bye.